God damn it. Are you okay? Everything working? Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Dan Rock. If you are one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so fucking much for coming back. But for all of you out there who are new to the show and this is your first time here, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now, my friend Sean Sweeney is on the show today. And for those of you who don't know Sean already, he is a member of the band Instead of Sleeping. They are a local indie pop rock kind of band, you know, and they've been fucking plugging away at the shit for a very, very long time. I met them back in 2007, right around the time they were getting started. And basically, they've just been super fucking nice and cool to me ever since I've met them. And I, I, I like, I like the dudes a lot. They are a really good group of guys. And I had Tony Tortella in here a couple weeks ago. He was one of the original members of Instead of Sleeping. He is no longer in the band, but, uh, we're going to talk about the band today with Sean and talk about how he got into making music and the future of music and his music, I should say. And I don't know. Whatever, it's the same shit that we always talk about here. You know, we're going to talk about this and that, and it's going to happen, so whatever. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! That's awesome. Um, okay, so I don't do any intros or outros or anything like that. I do it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be like, hey, this is Start the Beat. We're sitting here with right, Sean yeah, Sweeney. Yeah. But I guess since it's, it's recording and I just mm-hmm. fucking did that, yeah. that's how it started. Yeah, but maybe I'll cut it off. Maybe I won't. So when do you cut things off? What, what do, when I say cut things off, what does that mean to you? Um, you mean never, what, like, uh, cut things off? <laughs> I'm as... just fucking with I you. Was like, I don't know. <laughs> wait, <laughs> I think you were asking because we used to do the radio show. Remember, we did that like three oh, times yeah. together. Yeah, we did do that before. Yeah. I was just like, because this is like a flashback for me right now. Having yeah. Having the microphones in my face and just like <laughs> talking about it, but that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I actually didn't even think about put those together until yeah. just now when you were saying that. So we've known each other. Mm-hmm. Since like 2007, loosely. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. It's a very long time. It's pretty crazy. I remember the first time I saw you. I remember the first, first... time I laid my eyes on you. Brian, yeah, I now. do too. <laughs> uh, Faded Fest 2007. Yeah, and... I remember some 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 kid walking up to me with a smile on his face, like hand extended, like, "Hi, I'm Sean. I play in a van. Like, let me help you carry your stuff into the venue." Just being like, but yeah, they're, you're very very nice and, and hospitable. The. Uh... <laughs> And the piano that I was helping you so gingerly put on stage, <laughs> you ended up throwing up into the air and like <laughs> literally pounding. Uh, you were in a band. What was the band called back then? That was, uh, that was Casanova, Casanova Sparks. Casanova Sparks. I knew the Sparks part. And I remember seeing you up there. I'm like, this guy is so cool. I, <laughs> after that, I was like, I'm not going up after that guy. Because that was like one of our first shows we ever played. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I remember you were still doing the instrumental stuff at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. Um, I talked to Tony a little bit about uh, the like evolutions of your band and some of the stages that it went through. So we don't got to talk about it again. Right. Yeah. But since uh, Tony has parted ways with the band and you have moved on to like this new album, mm-hmm. it's the same shit. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Let's start with Young Lungs yeah. forward. Sure. Absolutely. How has it been for you? Yeah, yeah. No, how was it? The it, transition was pretty drastic uh, to us. You know, to yeah. other people, it might not sound as drastic, but maybe it does. Um, but it all started, I guess, we were playing songs off of the Reds, the Blacks, the Grays for about a year and a half, two years. And we, 
we uh, went and recorded Young Lungs. So um, it was really nice that we got to freshen it up uh, because we were starting to, you know, same set every night and kind of gets yeah to be a little monotonous. But we went out to Chicago and recorded Young Lungs with Mark McCluskey and that was a completely different experience. So like what was, because um, I remember when you guys were getting ready to go record, we were at some, we were around each other and I was either talking to you or to Corey or a mixture of you two. And you had like been mentioning some of the changes musically that you were going to do, mm-hmm. but I, you were just kind of talking about it. And then whenever I heard it, I was like, Whoa, wasn't expecting this. So how has, um, what was that process for you? Was there like any one thing in particular that you were like, I want to do something more like this or did it just like slowly turn into what it became? It actually, that's a really good question. And it, it, did go with the slowly it became that more um it started with and to use Corey's words uh you know we started looking at songwriting more as four people playing one song rather than four people playing cool parts okay uh so we really kind of put egos aside and thought about what's best for the song structurally um and just for the flow of the song uh and you know it didn't slowly happen until it was slowly happening i should say until we got to chicago sure and mark uh who was very very impressive he just kind of just was that hammer that came down on any time we were trying to stray away in a different direction with the song no we got to stick with it we got to commit to it and we don't want to mess with it you know so uh that was where the big this is what we're doing came and it's a slow gradual thing that led us to that sure do you feel like it would have been better if you would have taken more time before going into the studio to like get those songs together yeah are you happy with the way that it went i'm very happy with the way that the four songs that we came back with uh from chicago turned out um and i'm happy with the entire album i think that i would have felt a lot better while i was there Okay. If I had, because, oh my God, was it hard. If I would have spent more time going with the rules that were given to us from Mark during the writing process then, or had some of the advice from that we got from him while we were there before we drove out to Chicago, yeah, I think that there'd be a lot of different changes. Um, yeah. So, also, you are doing stuff that's completely, well, not completely new, you're playing instruments, but you're doing a style that's new. Mm-hmm. So, it's probably that combined with that like a uh, big producer kind of get your shit together thing yeah. I imagine it was like a stress fest oh yeah absolutely man there were times uh we had a very small writing room that we would go into while he was mixing the tracks uh we would you know sit, instead of sitting there and twiddling our thumbs we would go and keep writing so we were writing music for two hours before we left the house to go to the studio while we were in the studio we were writing and then when we would come back we'd still be writing and talking about different ideas yeah. for different songs so yeah we were uh, sometimes just pulling our hair out um but i i gotta say after we came back and we started writing even more now too and just you know think going forward you kind of think wow i really want to go back and do that again knowing what we know now yeah so, sure yeah. so because i mean you came from whenever the band first started you weren't singing at all mm-hmm. So you've, like, started to learn how to, like, write, like, vocal melodies mm-hmm. and incorporate them into the songs and how important they are. Right. Because, like, that is such a huge key. Like, it's I think it's really hard if you're the guitar player and the mm-hmm. singer to back off your guitar playing and let mm-hmm. the vocals do their fucking thing. Yeah. Because, like, that's what people, most people want to hear, especially, like, in the kind of stuff that I feel like you're going for, mm-hmm. which is more of, like, an indie pop mm-hmm. Root, yeah. it's like the the vocal melody is definitely like the Bible. <laughs> you, yeah, and that's actually, that's one of the things that we talked about too. It was, uh, we got to back off. We can't keep confusing people with throwing guitar riffs in while the vocals are going to, like, too, too clashing. Yeah. You know? And uh, that was one of the things we definitely cleaned up from last album to this album. I mean, there's nothing wrong with stuff that's clashing mm-hmm. and stuff that's busy. Mm-hmm. Like, you could take, like, an like early Minus the Bear versus new Minus the Bear. Right, yeah. Where they've definitely gone away from the crazy and mm-hmm. went more towards the pop route yeah. as well. And it works for them, mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with either end. It's just yeah. what you want to do. Mm-hmm. 
And as far as minus the bear, I'm actually glad you brought that up. Uh, I was having a conversation uh, with one of the promoters in Pittsburgh that uh, books at Mr. Smalls. Sure. And he, we were talking about how different, you know, fun was whenever they booked fun and, you know, they sold out Mr. Smalls and, you know, minus the bear whenever they pretty much sell out Mr. Smalls whenever they play it and how the stage AE transition worked for fun, but it wasn't working as well for minus the bear. However, I love listening to Minus the Bear a lot more. Yeah. You know? So um, it's kind of the two opposite ends of the spectrum, uh, you know, with Minus the Bear doing some more of the clashing stuff and then bands like Fun who are kind of totally overpowering the radio. And I, think the, I think the pop transition worked for Fun, mm-hmm. but it, I don't think it's working for Minus the Bear. No. I think Minus the Bear had a much better core group when they were like that really weird, eclectic... Uh-huh thing and it's right. like just trying to do straight up rock there's already enough fucking rock and roll mm-hmm. bands we don't need another rock and roll band right and minus the bear had something with absinthe party and yeah. you know uh pachuca sunrise yeah yeah I was, however the fuck it's yeah and nobody says it the same way <laughs> um but yeah everybody does their own thing and you know you could be a super lyrical dark bass band like brand new you know you could be a super melodic guitar based band like dave nudson and minus the bear who yeah i tout to say he made his own style of guitar playing there's a dave nudson way of playing guitar i think sure but um, um i think another if you want to compare fun with minus the bear again mm-hmm. uh i don't know the vocalist's name and fun uh the guy that was Nate in the Bruce. format that guy can sing his fucking ass off. i know i know right? i love it. like he has that like that pop vocal mm-hmm. melody to a T. That yeah. motherfucker can <laughs> write some catchy shit. Yeah. The guy from Minus the Bear is not a strong vocalist and has never been known for being a strong vocalist. Their mu- It's not nothing against their music, but mm-hmm. if you steer the music in a direction where he's like his vocal melodies are the driving force, it yeah. doesn't do it for me. Mm-mm. No, I, I 100% I mean, it's not bad, you. but it's not gonna sky... It's not yeah. like... Uh, what am I... Lo- like, I don't know, like radio like mm-hmm. pop like it's not gonna top blow 40 up. type shit it's never gonna happen it's not gonna blow up and i mean that's what you were just talking about like the indie pop stuff like how you know bands like fun are doing and um that it is so vocally driven yeah and and we wanted to take a shot at that and give that a, a big try with this newer album so uh yeah and that's what we've been trying to do yeah, yeah. i think it's definitely like uh, interesting to see it because like you're all still learning mm-hmm. you know so it's like you haven't even been a band for 10 years no. and it's like that's yeah. not shit yeah you know t- a decade doing music really isn't anything mm-hmm. as a group especially since you've gone through a few like minor changes like mm-hmm. you had a drummer change in the beginning mm-hmm. and then like i mentioned before tony and stuff it's like mm-hmm. working with a core group of people it takes a few years to really right. lock it into place yeah and figure out what the fuck you want to do yeah so where are you guys at now? As far as right now, uh, we've been doing just changing up things with our own songs. Uh, we keep trying to improve our performance right now with these songs. Uh, you know, we've been I've been doing some side writing too, just trying to get something ready. And it always has that feeling of, you know, is this good enough yet? Not quite yet. So um, I've been doing a few things on the side just as far as writing some songs and it was once I get good enough then I'll bring it to the band. But when does something get good enough? Do, you, do you find oh. yourself like over analyzing things? Absolutely. I am <laughs> I am absolutely my wor- own worst enemy whenever it comes to writing. You know, I'm my harshest critic whenever it comes to, you know, just listening back to a song. Yeah. Um, you know, if uh I'll just be honest, if it were my choice, I think uh even on Young Lungs I would have made it just a five-song EP. That's just me. And, sure. Uh, it, I love, you know, out of those songs, I like them all. I only love certain ones. And uh, it came to the point where I'm doing that with my own songs that don't even get brought to the band yet. You know, so I'll write five songs and I'll start playing a little bit of one for the band. You know, that's about it. So that's where I'm at with the band. It right is now. really hard to... Um put a cap on something and be like this is finished Mm -hmm. either i uh this is one of two things will happen with me Mm -hmm. i'll either sit down and write something in one night and Mm -hmm. it's completely done it's like that's great that's it Mm -hmm. perfect like that like great surge of energy yeah and then i will go back to it and maybe tweak a couple little things but for Mm -hmm. the most part that original 
bomb that went off yeah. is it. And then the other thing that happens is just pieces that I continue to move around and try to put together over the course of months. Yeah. And even by the time I'm like, okay, it's done, I'm still like... Mm -hmm. But yeah. like waiting around for those explosions right. of like that type of creativity is really, really hard. You can't wait around too long. But it does, keep... it does help if you have a group of people to work with, though. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, the group of people I work with, I... I'm absolutely crazy about my best friends and the story I always like to tell is um writing that song speak into me. Yeah. Um that was the that was after Mark McCluskey had basically kicked our asses up and down the studio. Uh-huh. Um which was absolutely necessary. Everybody needs a big old slice of humble pie every once in a while. Sure. But uh so we're we go into that writing room. It's basically a closet and we said we wanted to write a song. You know, we had a baseline that we liked a lot. So we write the song off of this baseline, and uh, we wanted it to be just about getting head from a girl. And we just thought it was really fun, like okay. just like joking around. So we write this song uh, called Speak Into Me, and, uh, <laughs> and we, we thought it was uh, just like we don't want to say anything so you know, super oh, sure. loud, but it's obvious whenever you listen uh. to it. So that was that moment whenever we... We put all of like the ego aside. We're not going to have like a bunch of riffs going on here and there, but we made room for the riffs because we don't want to miss out on those riffs. Yeah. Um, and Mark came in after a long day of mixing and we showed it to him. And the best compliment we ever got from him was like, it's about 80% there. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, yes, thank God. So that might be one of the reasons why. But then whenever we were going back and we were writing lyrics to it, it was actually on a couch just like this. Me. Woody and Corey, and we were all talking about, you know, our, like, okay, so this is what the song's about. Yeah. What's your favorite part about getting a blowjob? Okay. So think about how awkward this is, just three guys sitting, like, real tight <laughs> together with a guitar, like, and we're, like, coming up with, like, all these things, like, no, that's too, you know, that's too much, like, we couldn't have too that graphic, play sure. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, and we just knocked it out in that night, like, that surge, like, you're talking about. Yeah feels amazing feels amazing and uh that was a really good turning point in the recording sessions there i so. feel like yeah and it, it, it'll, it'll come across too i feel like maybe not everybody can notice this but for me i can notice if i listen to a song and it sounds like it's not delivered confidently mm -hmm. yeah but when you like have a song with that surge and you're just really confident mm -hmm. and happy with the product it really does show yeah in the final performance oh absolutely Absolutely. And, you know, you can do any kind of, you can spend thousands of dollars on a recording rig. You can spend on microphones. It doesn't, nothing, it's all still the feel. It, it's the execution. Gets, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and, you know, even since we're on the subject of vocals and delivering, that's why I was so happy with two chords and we got it. Okay. Uh, and uh, we recorded that with Tim Evans at Mr. Smalls. And it was just like, hey, I have to do a free song for somebody. Do you guys want to come in and do it? And we said, yeah, absolutely. And I had so much behind that delivery that night there that I was like, I actually like hearing my own voice right now. This is really cool. And the songs that I don't deliver as well, I skip immediately because I just know I don't like this song. Yeah. And you think that that's like tied to like you kind of knew going into it, like you weren't 100% satisfied with it, mm -hmm. but you had like kind of like a time delay or not delay, but like a time uh, you had to do it. Like yeah. you're on a not expiration date what's the word i'm looking for schedule or a deadline deadline yeah okay <laughs> yeah yes. no, yeah yeah there's a deadline absolutely because i think uh i think whenever you put a deadline on something it it makes it 20 times as stressful so you're thinking about it and you do it and you think okay yeah uh that all sounds good but you're actually saying that all sounds good enough yeah and then that time delay just like you're saying is like you listen to it a week later and like ah. Uh, can we go back and redo this? And, you know, <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is, is really hard. But I think sometimes going back to being your own worst enemy, uh -huh. um, it helps if you can be working with a producer that you can trust. Right. That says like, hey, that was a good take. Mm -hmm. And you know that they're not just trying to be like, Ugh, it was fine. Let's do this so we can get the fuck out of here. Someone no. that like actually cares and will be like, that was awesome. Or mm -hmm. like, not your best. Do it again. Matt Very, thank you very much for <laughs> always being there for me, buddy. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm actually going to have him track the vocals for the Sykes album. Yeah. 
and that's going to be the first time that I had somebody else do that. Really? Yeah. See, I mean, I figured you do, you're a one-stop shop. I mean, you always are able to do everything yeah, yourself. Yeah, I've but... always tracked all my own vocals, mm -hmm. but Matt, have you ever recorded your own vocals for anything? Mm -hmm. Like... Can like like you, demoing a little bit. But. I mean, can you like for like something serious like uh, going remember. over like hitting record, uh -huh. doing your take, stop, mixing it, making uh -huh. sure like you're you can't focus on yeah. anything. Like you're, it's too many distractions. I want to like be able to like zone the fuck out and yeah. like get into some place and just have somebody else hit start and stop and be like good or bad. Yeah. Because there's been times when I'm just like doing a take over and over and over again and mm -hmm. i might have had the perfect take and i missed it because it all starts to sound the fucking same yeah having that second set of ears you mean yeah yeah oh yeah yeah and, basically uh, yeah and, and a and second set of ears with like an honest good opinion true yeah uh i think after working with somebody like matt Barry so for so long you know he he really would honestly tell me no that that was bad <laughs> yeah I, i've seen <laughs> I've seen him just with his headphones on. He has them on backwards, and he just kind of turns around in the swivel chair, giving me this. And I, you can't see this on <laughs> over the podcast, but this like, what the hell was that voice <laughs> of his eyebrows? Um, but and then on the converse, like if I'm like really feeling it, and I'm like having a great time singing the song. I've had him just turn around, just like give me this look, like yeah, that was it. And, like press the button, yeah, like it's it. So that's why I love working with Matt Barry. Um. So um. Let's see. Do you... Uh, I'm trying to think of where I want to go with this. Anywhere. We'll do this. I'm an open book. So, <laughs> if you were to, like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure time travel and go back to, like, the Sean Sweeney of seven <laughs> years ago <laughs> and, like, hand him a copy of Young Lungs, what do you think that Sean Sweeney oh would be like? Oh, my God. That's funny. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably hate it. Because <laughs> I'm so serious. What were, you, what were you guys trying to do originally then? Um, okay, that's a really good question. Originally, I think everybody had different influence. I mean, seven years ago, Woody was still like Jesus haircut. Like, yeah, yeah, like super he, metal. Yeah, stuff. he liked heavier stuff. Yeah, right? mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I think I would have liked Speak Into Me because uh, because <laughs> you liked blowjobs. Yeah, that's exactly why. Actually. Uh, <laughs> No, I think I because I've always liked songs that were kind of sexier. Um, I think that's a really fun genre. Oh yeah. Um, but then, if I would have heard uh, some of the things like in the ones where we have like more hip hop drums, like you know, the sampled drums and stuff like that, like I'd be like, man, where are the drums? You know, like where are the real drums? I want the real drums, and you know that that fits for a lot of songs. But sometimes it might be too abrasive or not abrasive enough for yeah. certain songs. So, um, seven years ago, Sean Sweeney would probably flip his hair and say, it's okay. You know, and, <laughs> and really actually not, you know, it, I think I just changed a lot since then, though. Do you ever go back and listen to, like, the old Instead of Sleeping stuff? Uh, I, I have. And, uh, you know, we, it's so funny you asked this right now because uh, last practice, which was four days ago, Five days ago, uh, we all we just started playing all old songs instead of actually practicing. <laughs> okay. So we uh, we were playing like um, Emma Watson. Okay. Uh, yeah. We were playing. Well, actually, we played some not not that old song like Mister Right Now and stuff like that. Like, uh, and we were having a ball. But I mean, I'm sorry. What was the question after that? <laughs> I was just asking if yeah. you listened to the. the oh old yeah, stuff. yeah, the old stuff. Yeah, I listened to it um, on. The September, uh, I think it was September. I don't need the exact date. Twenty eighth, because that was our CD release show. Oh, okay. Uh, for the Reds, the Blacks, the Grays, and I, I saw it at my time hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I want to go back and listen to some of the old songs, and I did. Some of them made me cringe a little bit, and some of them were still like, oh, you know what? That wasn't bad. You know, yeah. So. Have you ever like listened to something like any of your old stuff and been like actually impressed by it and, like forgot how good some of those ideas were mm -hmm. and like wonder uh cause i guess it happens with me mm -hmm. sometimes i'll listen to something old that i did mm -hmm. and i'm like whoa this is crazy i would yeah. never think to do something like this now how can i incorporate this into what i'm doing now and how did i forget about doing that type those types of things just like different electronic techniques i don't know if it would translate to like doing different guitar things and things like oh, that. No, I think uh, well, 
first off, even your old stuff was really cool back then too. So I mean, I remember all the Sykes albums that I've gotten and all the shirts and everything oh, too. Geez. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean, if I went back to like, um, you know, our first actual album that we uh, we just did like with the bunny mask and everything. Yeah. Um, I went back and I listened to that and I did like little parts of it. Um, you know, I liked the parts that were more minimal. Um, and then I saw the influence of like around that time, you know, there were people doing a lot more gang vocals and stuff like that. And I was like, why were we trying to get on that train? You know, <laughs> that's not, that's not really us. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I look back and I do see some things that I liked and that say, okay, you know what? I wasn't completely, you know, and not to say it was dumb back then, but I was, I wasn't far off from where I want to be. Yeah. So yeah, some songs like, uh, unraveling, I still like, so that was a cool one. Outside of music now, mm-hmm. it's, fuck your band. We're not gonna talk about it anymore. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were gonna bring up the band because all your interviews that you do are usually like so personal about everything. I mean, too. we'll talk a little bit about yeah. your, no, your other cool. shit, but we're yeah. we're about to get really personal. Oh, okay. All right. When was your last checkup, and are you healthy? Uh, probably about. Two months ago. Yes, I'm healthy. You're good? I'm all good. Excellent. Yes. Outside of music, uh-huh. what else are you into? Uh, you well, have like a kind of adult job, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah, I work at uh, First Investors. Oh, Jesus Christ, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, let's not talk about that. Yeah. Um, and do you still teach kids guitar stuff? Uh, you know what? Actually, I still have two students that I see, um, and I'm really glad that I do because while I love working the adult job um and i i like the pay and i like being able to you know do shit yeah the freedom that it allows me um i i still miss the kids a lot and actually it's again funny you brought that up i i still teach two kids um on sunday nights and i'm really close to the family um i've had other students that i wanted to get back to teaching but it just didn't work out schedule wise um but I still keep in touch with some of the parents and just say, hey, happy Thanksgiving or something. And I still see the kids around sometimes. And I'm like, I taught that kid how to play guitar. Yeah. Um, and actually today we were at the mall and uh, just doing some Black Friday shopping. And uh, I saw one of my students and she's like looking grown up now. And I'm just like, holy crap. Yeah. Do you remember me, Sean? And she goes, yeah, yeah, I remember you. It was only like six, seven months ago. Like, <laughs> and, but yeah, so I, I miss the teaching. I'm glad I still do it a little bit on some sort of scale. But that was really nice being able to completely sustain myself um, just through music. Yeah. That was a really cool the, thing. The first investments thing, that's newer. Yeah, first then? investors. Um, well, I went to investors, Robert. whatever. No, it's... <laughs> I went to Robert Morris, uh, as you know, because we did the radio show there. Yeah. Uh, for finance and economics. And I had my internship there. And they offered me the job okay. right after the internship. And I said no because uh, we had just hired a booking agent who we thought was going to give us the world, you know. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know? Didn't work out. Um, and, you know, instead I said, well, I'm just going to teach full time. And then went, you know, after I don't know how long. We went two years of just teaching and playing the band. Loved it. But uh, just some stuff happened uh, with my family. And I wanted to make sure that I would be able to provide if there was ever some sort of, you know, yeah problem. And uh, so that's uh, that's why I went to First Investors and they gave me the job. And it's been history ever since working with them. Totally. So yeah. you seem like someone that comes from like a like an OK family. Oh, yeah. 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 No, no. <laughs> you don't have no, any like personal problems. No, <laughs> uh, no. no uh, it. I'm probably just not going to tell my mom about this since I already talked about how much I love getting blowjobs. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah. And I think she, I don't think she even mind, but mom got sick. Uh, mom got sick. She got better. Um, but, uh, my dad had, uh, some heart problem and he's all good now. He got stints put in and everything, but that kind of gave him this big wake up. Like, uh, you know, if something were to happen to him, who he's the worker, um, what would, you know, what would I have to do to take care of my mom? Sure. You know, and my sister. And, you know, I was just so. going to ask if you had any siblings. I do. I yeah. Alyssa. Yeah. She's a really, really, really cool sister. We get along really well. She older or younger? Younger, but only by about a year and a half. So, okay. What does yeah. she do? Uh, she's actually in law school. 
Oh. So, yeah, following my dad's footsteps. My dad's a lawyer. She's going to be a lawyer. What'd your mom do? Uh, she actually had her own business. Okay. And uh, she had a wedding cake business. She made like these gigantic wedding cakes. Like They were in magazines and things like that. It was called Tiffany Cakes. Which I was just talking about with my girlfriend. Like, how did she not get sued over that? <laughs> like, trading on the Tiffany name. Well, I think that, like, their actual registered name is, like, the Tiffany Company. Oh. It's that loophole there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's my family story. I think, uh, yeah, and that's the whole reason why I thought First Investors was a good choice, just to have some sort of backup there. Yeah, that sounds like, like a, a safe white people job <laughs> totally white <It's> so white <laughs> no uh, um but i was actually here working one time so that yeah was i fun. remember that uh-huh that was yeah. the first i was like what the fuck is he doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's sean doing here in a suit yeah, yeah. you look really good yeah, you always thanks. look really nice you're a well-dressed man so are typically. you man you look really good all oh, the time thanks oh jeez. Yeah. i actually really do like that jacket a lot thanks it's a cool it's a denim jacket it's a denim Levi's he's not jacket. wearing a shirt underneath it and <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of gold chains and rings on <laughs> yes very much so yeah. <laughs> all right so let's get back okay so let's mm -hmm. see you pop out of the womb right right that happened what was your like first memories of things that were creative let's see um i was really into drawing for a while um like what age fourth grade so i must have been 16 17 what were no, you drawing? I was drawing. I was drawing, <laughs> I was drawing uh, BMX bikes all the time. <laughs> okay, where did that like, come from? I don't know. I was really into BMX. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And did I was you like drawing... do it or just watch it? No, I did it. I, I did. Uh, I did BMX racing, but I was really bad at it because I was, <laughs> I was a real chubby kid. And really? It, yeah, yeah. I thought I told you the. Well, I guess nobody else hears. Uh, my nickname on my street, which was called Timona Drive, uh, was Timona Fat Kid, or, <laughs> or they would. <laughs> Or titties, either oh, one. Oh, so, man. But, uh, That's raw. I was real bad at the BMX racing, but I still did it. And my friends came to a race one time. They were like, oh, how'd you do? I was like, I got third. And they're like, whoa, that's awesome. Out of how many? Four. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it was... At least you weren't in last. Yeah, beat some kid who fell off his bike. But, uh, yeah, but then after that, I guess uh, my, as far as musically, um, guitar, uh, I picked up just because my mom said I have to do something after I tried every sport and I didn't like them. Um, and I, I picked up guitar. Eric Leffert taught me guitar from South Hills Music. How old were you then? Uh, must have been 14. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 14. I started late. And how old were you when I met you then? Uh, I must have been 18, 19. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It must have been about that because uh, our first show ever was at a hookah bar. So after that was the Faded Fest one and I'm I must have been like just over 18 or 19, yeah. Yeah. So, uh. So, where did you get this, like, fucking, uh. Like, hey, how's it going? I'm Sean. I'm in this band. Let me help you do stuff. Like, where did you get this, like, nice fucking attitude from? Is it from, like, your family? And, like, I, being, like, raised right? I don't know. Uh, Josh Elsass makes fun of me on a regular basis about that. Um, and I love Josh Elsass to death by the way. Uh, he makes fun of me a lot for that. Uh, but I think the one thing that my mom taught me, uh, if it, if it was my family was that everybody likes to be acknowledged. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think that's, I think that's one of the really important things whenever we're having shitty days. And if someone just says hi to you by your name, feels a little bit better yeah you know it took me like 25 years to figure that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told me that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's 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 nice. It's kind of it's cool to be able to say hi to somebody and know what they're you know what's going on with them a little bit. And... Yeah, I think that actually because I had Josh in here and we talked about you for a couple of minutes and he was <laughs> talking about how I guess you were down south side one day with him and like ran into like a too many people. Uh, but, you know, like he hates that. <laughs> like, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Hey, Sean. Hi, Sean. It's gotten the point where I'm embarrassed about whenever I'm with him because he goes, "Oh God!" Like real loud in front of the person, and he's like rolling his eyes, and I'm just like, "I'm sorry about him." But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I. It just happened a couple times with Josh, and he's never let me live it down since. So are, are you? So you're happy that you met Josh then? I actually have. 
<laughs> Josh is one of my yeah. best friends in the entire world. He's awesome. And, um, and I love Anna, too. And whenever Josh and I first met was at Robert Morris, and he wanted yeah. to do a radio show. He might have told you the story. Yeah, we talked about it. Okay, all right. <laughs> Just checking. Because I heard most of the podcast, but uh, I didn't hear the, the stuff about... You. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. And I, after that show that we played and he videotaped, that was... Yeah, that was it. We were going to be best buds. So, um, present day. Mm-hmm. Instead of sleeping, mm-hmm. what are you doing right now? Is there any videos in the works? Any recordings? Any shows? Any There's a lot bar mitzvahs? Bar mitzvahs. <laughs> That's where our, most of our income comes from. Yeah. We're on the bar mitzvah rally. Yeah. And no, uh, we have a couple things uh, that actually would be really cool to even say on here. Uh, we haven't I'm... said anything about this yet to pretty much anybody. Okay. But, uh, Harrison from Bad Boxes just remixed one of our songs. Oh, cool. Going to be releasing that really soon. Um, Which song are we going to leave that a surprise? Uh, or is it obviously speaking to me? It's speaking to me because he said... <laughs> and surprisingly, this, I know I talked about that one the most. It's not my favorite one to play for, by well, far. Well, that was like your yeah. single. Uh, he exactly. He the video and shit. Yeah. Like, so it makes yeah, sense. He, but he listened to it and he really liked it. And we're going to do the, the remix release and everything and... It's really cool. It does not sound like the song. Cool. At all. It's really weird. And at Did first, he just like take the vocal track and just mm-hmm. he re- add a bunch of shit to it? Yeah. That's cool. He bad boxed it up. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. Um, we have that. We have two big winter shows that we're playing. Um, three. Uh, we have one in Erie, which is like the Erie. Uh, I think it's called the Erie uh, Winter Showcase we're playing. Then we're playing the Strip District Music Festival. Yeah. Um, which will be really good in Pittsburgh. Um, that one's January 17th. Erie's in a couple of weeks from now. Um, and we're playing up in Rochester again and West Virginia and just trying to build a radius out like we always are. Yes. We're not really, you know, I mean, you've probably seen just, we don't go on big long tours or anything. Yeah. Is that a, like a financial decision mm-hmm. or like a contact decision or kind of both? It's, it's more financial. Uh, you know, if, if I thought it was, worth it to drive all the way down south to florida and back um i would do it but i asked myself and the band like how many times a year do you think you could actually commit to being able to drive all the way down to florida and back for like a full east coast tour and you know the resounding answer was like probably like once or twice and if you're only able to play a market you know maybe once or twice a year you're just gonna kick up dust and it's gonna settle yeah so you know we while we want to do stuff like that we just want to build it in a radius first so then we can go on tours wider and wider away. So. Does it like bum you out that you're not doing that yet? Or are you like content with where you're at now? This kind of like the level of success. Mm-hmm. Are you like keeping it inside of a bubble and not trying to uh, worry too much about the rest of the world and be happy with it? That's like where I'm at. Oh, okay. Right I mean, I would love for it to get farther. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That would be great. But, uh, you know, that we can actually go, you know, and do these runs around, you know, Ohio, Indiana, New York, uh, Rochester, Buffalo, Erie, West Virginia. Like, I'm, I'm happy with that kind of stuff. And if we keep doing that and we keep building, we'll get farther. It's just, I don't think it's financially viable or even worth our time to just go on these super long runs. And I would love to do that, but it'd be a fun vacation. Yeah, you know, I think it, it gets it gets a lot harder um, if you don't have somebody that's willing to just throw a ton of money at you guys mm-hmm. and like help it be cushiony. Right. Yeah. You know, because I don't I don't really nothing against you guys, but I don't see you being like the guys that are gonna like rough it out and not shower and not for shower. a week and like eat gas station hey, shitty food. Tony for a week. would do that. Tony just went no showers for weeks and he wouldn't even be on tour. Well, he's a fucking vagabond. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I mean that, I do not mean that. No, I don't either. Tony still smells like, uh, like what, like juniper berries whenever you, whenever you give him a hug. It's a great smell. He smells real fresh, but like, he's like, oh yeah, I haven't showered in a couple of days. And I, I would stink, but he just smells good all the time. But he's like, ah. Tony, I'm way cool. That's <laughs> but I, I just I don't see you guys like doing that and or like being cool with like just like showing up somewhere and like not getting any money and just be yeah. like oh it's whatever. Because there's a lot of people I know that are going on tours 
and they're going around, mm-hmm. but it's like you're playing houses every other night, mm-hmm. and you're not. I mean, I guess you're meeting people. Yeah. But I don't know how much right. expanding you're doing. Mm-hmm. It gets harder too as you get older because um, the younger crowd. Like, I don't think that, like, the music you do really appeals to, like, the, like, high schoolers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's what I do either. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I think you make music for kind of, like, people in their, like, early 20s, late 20s, like, mm-hmm. more adult. Like, and that's, that's what we like going for, the too. Indie yeah. pop thing, but it's really hard to get people in that age range yeah. to go to local shows. Right. Or to go to small shows. They only make the commitments to go see mm-hmm. fun. Or yeah. Or the Bear when they come, you uh-huh. know? So, like, you're playing these local shows, and then you kind of get stuck playing with a lot of, like, high school bands. Mm-hmm. And try- I've been dealing with this oh shit forever. Oh, my God. If I, hear, if I hear one more cover of, like, Damn It or Sugar We're Going Down. It's rough. Yeah. And it's like, how do you expand out of that market? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, it's like almost like, uh, we're like, you're not, you're not too old to do it, but, mm-hmm. like, it's like, it's like this weird age in the middle thing. I right. don't. I can't explain it as I haven't figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. It it is. It you're exactly right. You're exactly right because whenever I'm at, you can play a show, and you show up and you unload and you set up, and you look around and in between songs you have like a bunch of like, either people who are just hanging out at the bar, and they don't really care, or you look out and there's like a bunch of like kids like you know whispering secrets to each other and running around chasing each other like you feel like, ah. You know, you either feel like, man, I wish they were interested, or man, I'm too old, you know? I think that, like, what I'm noticing now is, like, you really need to, like, be pretty consistent with mm-hmm. content mm-hmm. and, like, keep people's attention. And I don't know if that's something you guys have been concerned with, mm-hmm. because I feel like, as far as, like, your new content goes, it's been, like, really spaced out, mm-hmm. like, throughout the span of what you're doing. Right. And same thing here. So that's the only reason I'm bringing it up because I've noticed it with me yeah. where I feel like I should just be doing like one or two songs here or there. Because like you had that, like you released that Red, Blue, Grays and then that was doing good. Then like even just bam, you did two chords like mm-hmm. a few months later and that yeah. was great. It kept you like, oh, like yeah. more stuff to talk about. And mm-hmm. then you started like, uh, did you do, uh, when you did like those, uh, demos at Matt's that were live track that was for reds blues grays right yeah 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 and i think you, you released some of that stuff right oh yeah so yeah. like you kind of like even so even before that reds album you had like the demo thing that was keeping people attention mm-hmm. then like there's the album yeah here's two chords yeah, and uh, then there was like dip, a gap and then for young lungs but i mean uh, you talked about it a bit but right. then like it was still like did you notice that like or feel that things were going a lot better when you just had like a steady Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I could go back in time and do more singles right after Young Lungs, actually, if I had the budget to do that too, because Young Lungs was very expensive. Uh, oh my God. Yes. Well, I think the yeah. remix will help you. Yeah, I think so. It doesn't have yeah. to be like a whole new fleshed out album mm-hmm. every time. Just, like, just something. Even something like yeah. a video of you playing a song acoustically mm-hmm. or just like an okay live video, mm-hmm. just something that's always something new that's visual like a video or a song like you mm-hmm. can't just put up new promos every other week right like, yeah i care about that or like new shirt just designs keep, or something like you know that's keep like getting greg up for more pictures all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I i think you're you just like opened my eyes right here and like you know what that was that was one of the x factors there because that was so much fun whenever we had you know uh the red splex grays then we just threw out two chords and it, it was like a snowball effect and the snowball kept rolling, and it kind of, you know, snow falls There's off kinda, a little bit. Yeah. And then you had young lungs, and then snowball started rolling again, but it's time to add some more snow to it. Yeah. If I'm going to continue yeah, with the just, I think that, because there's a lot of distractions now. Mm-hmm. People, you know, everybody's on checking the internet. Like, when do you, like, oh, I'm going to check, I'm going to see what's going on on Facebook and like actually sit down on a fucking computer and do it. Or are you just like flipping through your phone when you're at a red light? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So it's like if somebody posts a song uh-huh. and they're flipping through like, oh, Brian posts this song. Maybe I'll check that out later. Right. But I'm busy driving now. And then mm-hmm. you forget about it. Mm-hmm. So unless I'm like posting shit continuously, uh-huh. hoping for that one time you're actually sitting in front of a computer yeah. and be like, oh, I could check this out now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and just it's the, like you just always have to be putting out new shit because everybody's looking at stuff with like not they don't have your full attention. Yeah, because uh-uh. it's so easy. It, just like you're saying, it's a fucking another thing light, that you know? helps too. I think is like actually walking up to people now mm-hmm. and being like, "I'm in a thing. Uh-huh. Check it out. Come to a show." <laughs> you know, instead of like sending event invites on Facebook or even yeah. like sending people like messages on Facebook. It's worthless. It's like, I'll go down the South side. Like I'm playing at the smiling moose in two days. Mm-hmm. You're down here all the time. Yeah. Come over. Yeah. Come over. Absolutely. It, it's promotion has just gotten so flooded. You know, it's so easy to look at it. It's so easy to ignore it. Um, even with the person to person interaction, it's okay to say, yeah, I'm going to definitely try and get there. Probably not. Um, even whenever you send a Facebook message in, you know, they'll get it and they'll just never reply to you. Yeah. And like, oh, I saw this so late. Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, they're probably, like, again, yeah. they're at a red light when you uh-huh. message them, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's no fault of theirs. Yeah. You know, people are busy. So I get it. And it's, I think that it's like, I never wanted to be that guy mm-hmm. that was shoving my stuff down everybody's throat. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I feel like that's why I am where I am now. Well, I think that I could be further mm-hmm. if I just would have said fuck it. And, you know, yeah. like, this sounds like a shitty thing to say, mm-hmm. but it's, like, legitimately, like, if you don't, like, even care a little bit about, like, the art that I do, mm-hmm. if you're not even going to at least be, like, kind of like, oh, this is cool. If you're just going to, like, I don't care, mm-hmm. then it's a waste of time, like, talking to you because I need to talk to people that are going to care about what I'm doing. Right, yeah. It's, yeah. like, shitty sounding, but at the same time. It's a two-way street. Yeah. You know, it, Brian, you're there's, a nice guy. It, there's exceptions, but yeah, it's like... Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think I, like, waste my time. I guess kind of what I was getting to is I feel like I've wasted so much time mm-hmm. trying to be nice and not annoy people that don't care about what I'm doing anyways. Because if I'm talking to people and saying, like, hey, I have something new coming out, and it's people that actually care, they're not going to mind that I'm telling them. Right. They might be happy that I'm telling them. They might be excited about it. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't, like, really care about it, they might still support you. Right. Yeah. You know? I have lots of friends that do music stuff that it's not, like, my thing 100%. You know? Like, instead of sleeping has never been my thing 100%, but I support you guys 100% because... Yeah you're genuine musicians and you really have a lot of passion about what you do and you you. always have had it thank you very much and you've stuck through it you know how many fucking bands have just like come and gone on like some bandwagon shit we see that all the time like you know it's it's funny and i mean we were talking about how you know it's we're going on our seventh year now like seven years really is not that long whenever you actually look at the that's what i was saying earlier yeah no not at all yeah especially whenever you're in one band the entire time uh and you know just looking at all you know the new bands that come out and just like it's kind of like all right well how long is this going to be you know and you you see it like the fads pass and so the bands and it's it's something i mean you've been doing your own thing since day one nobody was going to tell brian how what to do musically or with his art sure you've been doing that sykes and i've loved that and where we do we've changed a lot We've gone through the phases. Like I feel like I have about. too. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah you guys, uh, you have done that as well with your music. It, it's just that so- kind of. I relate to it. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. It, it's. We've grown. People, you know what I mean? Like. It's either you bend or you break. And Sure. That's that's yeah. a really good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun to, it's fun to see, you know, bands try stuff. And I think it's, I'm, I'm always in full support of it because I want more friend bands. You know, we have it feels like since we've lasted this long six or seven years which might not be a long time in the grand scheme of things but it can be a long time in pittsburgh views yeah um you know you kind of lose band friends and you know yeah i feel like it happens you run into these people that's like we're on such a small scale and we Mm -hmm. really should be supporting each other Mm -hmm. and it's really dumb to like get like jealous about shit or bitter over things or like talk shit in general be like oh like I heard, uh, like, did you hear so-and-so's new song? Like, it's not that fucking good. Yeah. Or blah, 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 blah. Or, like, see, see them playing, like, oh, it doesn't sound that good. It's like, yeah. who the fuck cares? Yeah. They're doing it. Mm-hmm. We're all doing it. Let's just... None of us are that good. That's why we're all still here. <laughs> we're, we're, Nobody's... Not, we're, we're not, like, perfect. Yeah, right. We're not any fucking better. Uh-huh. Yeah. If we were, then we'd be, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, <laughs> but... right? People just... I see a lot of grumpiness 
lot of bitterness. A lot yeah. of bitterness. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, people just want to, whether it's because they use everybody else as a measuring stick for their own success or, sure. you know, they start looking around at the crowd and there are more people at this show than there were at their show last week. You know, they were like, well, I, I don't like this song. You know, like they're just looking for what's wrong with it rather than what this yeah. person's doing. Yeah. I mean, it happened. All, I, I noticed a huge surge of it whenever uh, Code Orange Kids got really big. Mm-hmm. Cause, I mean, they're touring the fucking world mm-hmm. constantly now. Yeah. And they, you know, they were just like some like 17, 18 year old kids mm-hmm. from like Squirrel Hill Northside area. Mm-hmm. And whenever they blew up, some like older hardcore dudes mm-hmm. and they're like oh you know like oh what the fuck why do they get to do that mm-hmm. they're just kids and blah 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 it's like they're out there fucking grinding mm-hmm. and you're just complaining yeah granted they had the advantage of like just being fresh out of high school mm-hmm. and being able to get enough money whether it was from family or something like just play their cards right to do mm-hmm. to tour and grind and get picked up mm-hmm. and get scooped up yeah. I think, like, a huge part of their thing is, was the fact that they were so young mm-hmm. and doing music that was, like, kind of fresh and mm-hmm. able to tour somehow. They got picked up, and then right. pff, there it goes. Right. But instead of, like, taking somebody else's success and being bitter about mm-hmm. it, you should, like, look at it like, if they can do it, then I can do it. Like, anything's possible. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think that, you know? that's, look at it as more motivational rather than, well, they did it. I, you know. They already got picked for yeah, it. Yeah, if, if somebody else can do it, there's no reason you can't do it. Mm-hmm. If you are able to make it happen or not, that's that's fate. Right. I mean, there's so much that's out of your control that you're never going to be able to affect. It doesn't even matter if you're a really great musician with a really great product and awesome promos, a great sounding mm-hmm. album. It's, you know, if there's one guy that's just kind of like, eh, I don't really... Eh. I don't like it. Yeah. Then that's it. Then yeah. you could be fucked. Yeah. Just off of that one little thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. That's really rough. Uh-huh. But then it goes back to what I said a little bit earlier. Like, what? how do you measure your personal success and where you're happy? Mm-hmm. You know? Do you, if, if, uh, if, you're, if your ego needs to know that you're going to, like, tour the world and be the biggest <laughs> thing ever, then you're going to be really miserable. But yeah, if it, you can, uh, you know, be happy on a smaller scale, just... Look at all the small victories. Yeah. Look at it. You had people that you told that you're in a band and they listened to your song. That's cool. Yeah. You had somebody buy a ticket from you to come to your show. And even if they show up, that's extra. You know, somebody actually <laughs> paid because they, you know, they think you're worth it. Um, then look at people, you know... if. If you were playing for a couple people and they come up and talk to you after the show and say, hey, good set. And they meant it, you know? Yeah. They're not the band who's just trying to get you off the stage faster and say, hey, good set. They don't need help, you know? They're these people that actually come up and they shake your hand and they look you in the eye and say, that was really good. You know, and that's a big one. And then you don't have to have everybody in the crowd singing every single word to your song. Oh, no. That's, that's not realistic. You Just getting people just even in the room even just to put the headphones on yeah to press play that's a success yeah and i think that people shortchange that because they think oh well i looked at this band's listens and they have a hundred thousand listens and i'm oh, not the, even that good the numbers know? are all bullshit it's man. all bullshit man look at you just actually had somebody hear your words that you worked so hard on take a second you know it's... i think that the the most important thing like nowadays mm-hmm. with um I think for a while, like when MySpace got really big, it was all about like, let's get the best fucking recordings that we can and get the awesome MySpace layout and look super professional. Mm -hmm. And then it became a huge flood of that. And then you go see these bands and it's like bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's continued to happen to a point now where none of that stuff matters to me. It's like, I think the live performance is the most important thing. And I think that's what everybody needs to start focusing on again yeah. not being so caught up in having the best sounding album or the best looking uh product like presentation it's it means a it, lot it, it's important but don't fucking do that until your live game is on point mm-hmm. yeah seriously i agree with you 100 because if like, you actually look under the hood which is just going to the show that's there's yeah. a lot of difference there yeah because i mean i've known bands that are like 
have been a band for a month. They got their whole album recorded, which, you know, was actually just the guitar player playing all the instruments and programming the drums. And then the singer comes in and then they, you know, in a month, find people to play the other instruments and kind of learn the songs. Yeah. And then they have like their merch already decked out and they got their photos decked out and their fucking logo. Like it it looks like it's going to be this big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. And then they start playing and it's like done nothing. Yeah. And it kills the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to make sure that you can talk the talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that's what I I want to see. I want more new bands to do that. Yeah. And I, just I don't own, know. It's yeah. going to be really hard though, because I think bands are still really caught up in the like, just get your music online and just share it around the world and have, you know, 2000 fans on Facebook before mm-hmm. you've ever played a show. No, that just doesn't work because if you don't actually try things out and nothing's like... It works. It's like there's like a... On a social level, it like looks really good, but then in the real world, it's not anything. You might be able to fool a few people that really don't know what they're listening to, but yeah, it, absolutely. You know, whenever you go out there, it doesn't... Does a band sound better because they have more Facebook likes? No. <laughs> Do they sound better because they have scrims up behind their band, <laughs> have their band title? No. Just, uh, I think, exactly what you're saying. Just... Worry about the show. Don't worry about, you know, all the polish that goes with it. I'm Obviously, wor- the polish is there, but... I'm worried that some people might not start... Like, they might start to not care. About... Like, the show? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean... There was a good while that, you know, we would we would see bands, and they would go up on stage, and they'd like, have all these lights and things, and we are like, well, you know, it doesn't really help that you're just the band with the lights, or you're the band with the you know, fog machine or anything like that. But like, yeah, I can see what you say though. Some people might not care about the live show if they can polish it up. I think too, this kind of goes from like a, we're looking at everything from behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. And I think that we analyze things that the normal person doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's like, if we're listening to an album and you hear like a guitar tone, that sounds weird to you. Mm -hmm. You could be like, Oh, that guitar sounds horrible. Mm -hmm. And then she could be like, it sounds like a guitar. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, whatever, yeah. it just sounds, it's a guitar's a guitar, right? Mm-hmm. And then you could be like, no, and then it's kind of the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. why is that guy, why is his, his stage presence like that? He's standing all weird. He looks yeah. goofy. Why yeah. is he wearing that? Yeah. And then she could be like, I don't know, he just looks like a guy playing guitar. Yeah. It's like, I think maybe we overanalyze things. Yeah. I, I definitely overanalyze. Because um, <laughs> I, I go and I see shows and I, you know, I feel like I actually like take notes, If it, especially if it's a good band. I will... I'll, I'll admit to that. If I see something I like, I'm going to think about that for the rest of the day. Like, man, it was really good. Uh, but if I see something I don't like, it will kind of kill it for me. And uh, there have been some certain things that I've seen. That, oh, we don't got to yeah. get into that. Exactly. But yeah. um, so you're overanalyzing. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Uh, did, did you grow up with that? Or is that something that maybe like you adapted being in school? for the things that you went to school for? Like, how does overanalyzing help you in your day job? Well, I think it actually came more from my creative side. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, over... I mean, of course, an, analyzing is important to my day job, but never I'm actually looking at something like, you know, my own songs or somebody else's live performance or even somebody else's recording. Um, it, To be completely frank, I, I always think, you know, is this good enough for me to actually want to be a part of this? And uh, I mean, whenever I, that, whenever I'm writing my own song, like, do I want to put my, put this out there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it comes from more my songwriting side than anything. And whenever I'm writing a song, it, you know, you always have to kind of have a scale for yourself. Is this worth it? And whenever I'm looking at somebody else, it's not that I'm saying it's, worth it or not because obviously they're up there they're doing it and that's their thing that's what's beautiful to them um i guess it's just the songwriting side of me that's it (laughs) totally yeah have you ever um how often do you like compromise your personal interests for the other guys in the band that's a good question um you know whenever everything's so democratic in the band it, it really does come down to a vote. So I've been voted out a few times. Um, and then I listen back to it and I'm like, okay, they were probably right. You know, um, I'd probably say about 30% of the time 
I've had that happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't get outvoted that much, but it happens, you know. Then the other guys probably get outvoted too. Oh, you know? yeah, absolutely. Everybody <laughs> does. You know, uh, if it's like, you know, something on guitar that Woody writes, you know, and it sounds like it's clashing with something like, yeah. Or if uh, Jeff's uh, bass line is, you know, too, has too much delay on it or it has, you know, it's maybe just too muddy with the rest of the song. Yeah. Or if um, Corey is, you know, too much crash or something. Yeah. Everybody's. Do you guys practice consistently? Every week. Yeah. Every week. Doesn't matter if we have a show or not. Just got to do it. Just or once it feels, a week? Feels awful. Yeah. How long, how I long wish do you do for? Um, Probably on Sundays, it's anywhere from, if it's a quick one, it's two hours. If it's a normal one, it's about four to six okay yeah and just straight going through the set list going through the set list going through the set list and then if we have we always say like uh all tighten no writing or all (laughs) all writing no tighten it depends on what we're working towards i like that yeah um so i mean aside from uh the like cover band that tony had mentioned that you had prior to instead of sleeping oh my god he brought that up yeah oh yeah good (laughs) good well aside from that instead of <laughs> sleeping is the only band you've ever been in right yeah. so that's the thing is i've been in a few bands and i've been in bands with people that i'm not friends with mm-hmm. like bands that um i don't hang out with mm-hmm. outside of the band yeah and like so i can't have that conversation with you like yeah how could you can you even imagine what that would be like no i mean it's fine i mean what uh we have different interests you know i think Corey and i hang out the most uh, I hang out with Woody every once in a while. I don't hang out with Jeff that much. Yeah. Uh, we're on completely different schedules. Uh, so I don't really see Jeff that much, but we're still friends. Um, and yeah, it, it would be weird for me to have just like hired guns, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be different. It would be way different. I mean, I don't know if it'd be better or worse because sometimes that can interfere whenever you're making a creative decision, sure. you know, like, well, you know, I don't want to like, always have to tell this guy no you know like let's let's make sure that we're not too hard on this guy or you know say vice versa um but if it's like like you probably don't have any problem telling woody or Corey to go fuck themselves (laughs) (laughs) uh well i mean that's just an everyday thing for woody uh uh no i mean uh we have pretty thick skin uh totally yeah i mean i we've said and heard some things you know that's just like not even from outside sources but like from each other you know like oh wow okay you know i'll, I'll back off okay yeah oh uh, some like serious stuff like yeah some... i mean like we've involving had... music right yeah involving music absolutely yeah. you know like um i was told you know i, I gotta back off on some of the, the harshness of the vocals sometimes and that's you know i was like okay why and like well it's you know it sounds like you know, it's too much. Like too back abrasive? off. Yeah, like for some songs. Obviously, for songs that are more high energy, that works. But then, whenever I'm just singing too hard on a softer song, it's. I, that's how I learned vocal dynamics, and I was glad that I did. Um, so you know, sometimes it sucks to hear, but you're better off for it. And that's kind of the way that I always act. But as far as being in a band with friends, it has its advantages and disadvantages. Would you ever consider doing any solo material? Have you ever thought about it? Yeah, I have thought about it. Um, you know, I still write songs, uh, just acoustic songs. Yeah. And those are fun to play every once in a while, but uh, I haven't done that in a while. Um, I'd love to do some more stuff, like, uh, really out of my comfort zone. You know, like, do some more electronic stuff. Or I've been really into, like, the cars. Like, okay. Things like that would be really fun to do. Yeah. Uh, but... No, as far as what Instead of Sleeping does, it's just been, you know, it's always learning. It's always growing different directions and everything. So, cool. Yeah. Well, I think we could probably wrap up. I yeah. Think, I sure. don't know. How long have we been going? If it's not an hour, we got to keep talking. Hour and two minutes. I'm so fucking good. You are good. <laughs> All right. But, um, no. I want to thank you for coming over. Thanks for having me, Brian. And thanks for being there. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks, Brian. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for sticking around. Hope you liked the conversation. 
Sean Sweeney is a good guy. You know, I don't have any. What, what can? What the fuck can I say? What What do I really have bad to say about the guy? You know, I I don't. You know, so he's a good dude. I had a good time talking to him. Wish him and his band nothing but the best, and because they deserve it. They've been fucking doing it for a long time, and I feel like they've been doing it right. So they definitely deserve something, some sort of recognition in the nation's eyeballs or ear holes, whatever. I'm getting off track, kind of. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, be sure to stop back again next week for another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know what I'm saying. I am Sykes. Start the beat. 2014. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.